This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mmm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody, it's Thursday which means it's time for the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben and this week again I'm joined by Gary. How are we getting on mate? We will see how we get on with these technical glitches that my computer keeps throwing up. Yeah, we keep having some uh, some weird sort of audio hiccups um we'll, we'll call them that as the polite uh, the polite method um but we are trying to work around them as best we can um but yeah hopefully this week uh, is is relatively devoid of them uh, we shall see but we said last week that we wanted to try and make this one a bit positive because i think we were we were all feeling it a bit last week with with a lot of stuff that was going on on you know on, on social media and and sort of danny's press conference said about the same thing that he was feeling a bit not that he was feeling down or anything but it just seemed a sort of a I don't know a bit of a weird atmosphere around the club and I think um Saturday um really sort of galvanized everything again and then obviously Monday's draw has, has helped massively improve uh improve people's moods but uh yeah we'll, we'll start with Saturday um obviously you know Carlisle coming up after the slightly farcical nature of the league game with uh, with certain things not happening, pitches not being watered, yada yada. But um yeah, what did you make of the game on Saturday? We got off to a good start and that more or less opened the game up. I think had we not scored early doors, pressure could have built. Um but you know, a, a good first goal change the complexion. It was interesting with the team selection to see Matt Green and Matt Reed start up front. You know, we called it on the pod last week. Um now whether that was done with one eye on the checker trade, making them qualifying players and allowing us to play coaches and tea ladies and stuff or not, um, who knows? But it was a much more or a much flatter four four two. Green gets in and around Reed, Reed doesn't have his running done for him. Uh, we came out of the blocks like we did in the National League in the same sort of setup. You know, we went hell for leather, got the early goal. Um, and from there on, you know, they had to come and try and beat us and they did their best, but it was, you know, it was, it was a limited effort from them. You know, they're a decent side to move the ball around nicely, but with, without a boy in Addison up front, they look like they're just missing something. You know, they were 
there were the whole cake and the icing, but there wasn't quite a cherry there on top. Um, and you know, when when we're bringing John Akindi and Shay McCartan from the bench, you know that we mean business. Um, and yeah, it's like you said, it was I, mean, I don't know this, this whole mood thing. I wasn't feeling it last week generally because I'm just was just pissed off with you know reading some of the stuff and then there's the uh, the counter arguments and you know we all get embroiled in it it's like this vicious snowball you know like oh, you're being mardy so i'm going to complain about you being mardy but in, in doing so you know i kind of add into it and not making it any better and i think to a degree we're all guilty of it i mean how many posts did we see where people started with right this negativity it's got to stop and it's like but that's negative from the start um so it was just nice i tell you what i actually i think mm. set the game off Perfectly. And when I say perfectly, it's not because it's tragic circumstances, but it was the Kevin Austin tribute um, before the game. I, I had a, a tear in my eye. Mm. Um, not, you know, I'm sad at the loss of, of, of Kevin Austin, but it, it was when they started, when we all started singing Super Kevin Austin kind of one last time. And it gave the game that poignant edge. And Lincoln City at the moment thrive on having emotional attachment to a game. If we just go into a game and it's just crawling at home, you kind of think, I don't know, it, it feels a little bit different. But you go into MK Don's at home and the, the Lancaster comes over and we all start doing the Dambusters and that emotional involvement really spurs us on. And I think we had that to a degree. And I think, you know, it, whether it was that that kind of pushed us forward so quickly in the first minute, probably not. You know, the, the, the romantic amongst us would like to maybe think so. Say, oh, Kev was looking down on us there. The truth is it was typical Lincoln City. It was Matt Green to Bruno Andrade to Matt Reed. Um And then after that, I thought first off, we, you know, we controlled it. What about you? Yeah, I think... Um... Uh, just quickly, I think we did have a little bit of an audio glitch there. So again, I'm, we're trying to work around it, folks. Apologies. Um, but yeah, I think you, you're absolutely right. Um, the first half, particularly coming out the blocks as quickly as we did, it, it was one of those moments where you just think, bloody hell, you know, it's this is this is impressive. Um, the immediate, uh, you know, the, couple of people around me um, sort of, you know, we were chatting before the game about... Uh, about some of the stuff that had gone on in the week and, and things like that. And then um, as soon as, you know, literally 30 seconds in, uh, there was a lot of people sort of grumbling about, oh, here come all the I told you so's and stuff. But honestly, at the end of it, does it really matter? Like, you know, we got a good win from it. I think um, really getting, you know, really getting on the score sheet so early, like you say, it was typical Lincoln City, just the, the ferocity in which it came out of the blocks was incredible. Um, I think... We allowed Carlisle to get back into the game a little bit too much. I think it it's almost seems to be um, a bit like... A, I mean, I feel like I'm saying a lot of the same stuff repeatedly sometimes when, you know, we start really well, then we, we just take a foot off the pedal a little bit about half an hour in, um, and then they start to come back into it towards the end of the first half. I was actually really glad when the referee, you know, the, when the ref blew his whistle, when he did, because I thought to myself, this is, you know, they were just about starting to get back on top. But then second half, we came out and uh, I think we took control of the game. I, I think Carlisle actually looked quite tired after about an hour. Um, and, uh, you know, I was I was absolutely delighted for the, um, you know, for, for the second goal, because it was, it was typical Bruno again. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's worked really hard on a lot of areas of his game. And I honestly think Saturday he was he was my man of the match by a long, long way. He was just absolutely unplayable. Um, 
he um you know obviously getting the ball um getting the ball back and then sprinting past a couple of people putting the ball across and really it was both goals were on a plate you know i don't think uh, i don't think anyone would have been able to miss them um from from where they were put to and they were fantastic goals uh, really well worked really dangerous dangerous play really and it was uh, it was really good to see um just want to touch as well like you say on the uh, on the Kevin Austin tribute i thought that was absolutely wonderful um i think there was there was a video doing the rounds from Swansea i think it was in the week uh, where they'd sort of done their tribute to him as well um and it was it was heart you know really really heartwarming to see uh, just just everybody in the ground coming together and i think the same thing happened with us on on saturday um and it was it definitely brought back a few memories here in uh, you know super kev come out of the the co-op stand at the the volume that it did um and i think like you say really it sort of set the afternoon up in the best way similar to kind of in a way with with what happened with um you know obviously to a lesser extent but what happened with graham taylor and um, and the ipswich game i think it it kind of added a little bit of a a, a poignancy to the game that maybe m- would have been missing otherwise yeah, I've got to. I've just got to go back and pick you up on the man of the match, and because okay. I was actually part of the uh, part of the group that chose the official man of the match. Um, mm-hmm. Once again, a guest in the box. I'm becoming very corporate. Um, you know, forget <laughs> I grew up on a council estate, ingrained in us. Um, yeah, and uh, I actually thought Josh Vickers was superb, uh, and we had two between us. There was myself, Chris Ilsley, and uh, one of the think having a say in it um it was a toss-up for me between josh vickers and lee frecklington and i think lee frecklington come back in um i think that was key for us because i think when he plays and mccartan plays john mckindy isn't as isolated because when mccartan has been doing something running off with the ball or, or whatever he does frecklington is a, is intelligent and experienced enough to be able to get back in and around a kindy so that there isn't such isolated gaps um and obviously, Josh sadly picked up his injury, couldn't come and collect his Man of the Match award, so so Freck came up instead. Mm-hmm. So, and, and something to look out for in the programme, I didn't know I was going to be in a box. So I turned up at the game with a beanie hat and a hoodie and all that sort of stuff <laughs> on. Um, I ended it presenting Man of the Match with hat, hair and a hoodie. So I think it, it's going to look in the programme like I was dragged off the street um, from smoking mamba or spice <laughs> or whatever it is. But I wasn't... Gary the Spice Head. Yeah. Just a word on the... Coming soon to Nickelodeon. (laughs) Just a word on these technical issues. I've been playing with settings there while Ben was talking, so we'll see if we still get them. But I think it's because I live way out in the boonies away from people. Yeah, I think there's... um, We might look at... um, I might look at something slightly different for for next week because there's a couple of different options we can use. But uh, yeah, hopefully we can get it sorted. But yeah, I mean, I I honestly thought, um, you know, both Josh and and Frack had a fantastic game. Um, For me, I just think if you've, you know, if you've got a a player that seems to be getting better every single week, which Bruno is, and, you know, we've said it on the podcast before and I think I've said it on, on social media as well. It's frightening that he's improving every game, and it's you know you know there's um, a couple of comments that um, I think Rob made Rob Makepeace made on on Radio Lincolnshire in the uh, interview afterwards, where he said, well, you know areas of the game that um, 
uh, that, that Bruno may have been not lacking in as such, but areas that could have potentially been highlighted as areas for improvement. He seems to be, he seems to be working on those areas and learning from them. And I, I just think he's becoming a much better player um, week in, week out. And he's, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't exactly a bad player to begin with. So, um, and you're absolutely right about Freck as well. Um, sorry, I think you, you, you put a po- uh, piece up on the, on the blog about it. And I think you're absolutely right. He, he came into, you know, comes back and he, he marshaled the midfield. Um, I think allowing, like you say, allowing uh, McCartan to, to sort of just roam a little bit more freely gives um, gives Akindi that confidence that he's able to, you know, kind of get the ball and you get the ball from somebody and not wor- not necessarily worry about, is it going to go back and am I going to be on my own as such? Because McCartan can push up and not have to worry too much about as you say, dropping back and, and chasing back as much when Freck's in the team. So, yeah, I think I think either, any one of the three, really. Um, but I, personally, I'd, I would have given it to Bruno. Yeah, it's, it's all personal opinion. I like Bruno. I don't think, I th- again, I don't actually think he's getting better every week. I think he's settling into what he's able to do. And I think it's taken him time to adjust his game and his abilities to what we need from him. Because when you look at his um, record at Boreham Wood last year, I mean, combined goals and assists, he was, you know, by far and away the best player in the National League. Uh, whatever James Norwood would tell you, and mm. um, I, I, I think that's always been there that ability. But it's you know he's, he has to work, he has to track back, he's being asked to play maybe a slightly different role. I think he was sat in behind the striker at Boreham Wood quite often rather than playing out wide, so he's had to adapt. And I think you look at early doors, him and Tom Pett were both playing in that under-23 friendly derby um, on Tuesday before we went to Northampton, which suggested to me that they were fringe players or that they had to work on their fitness one way one of the two. Um, and both of them have, have kind of stuck a middle finger up and gone, actually, take a look at what we can do now. So, But yeah, it's frightening. It's especially frightening between the days of January the 1st and January the 31st. How good for it, <laughs> my God. Yeah. Um, we will... We will have a chat about the, um, uh, the 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 transfer window probably coming up soon because I think um, there's you know there's obviously a lot to talk about. There's some some worries, there's some uh, some hopes and dreams, as it were. But uh, yeah, I think there's there's a lot to, to probably talk about that uh, going forward. Cool. We'll do a special. <clears throat> yes. We'll do a transfer window special. That'll be good. Yeah, I think that'll be a, a decent idea to to get on the you know get around. So. Um, it led to Monday. Obviously, Monday being uh, quite a you know quite a special uh, evening for us in the uh, in the long scheme. Well, hopefully, quite a special evening in the grand scheme of things. Um, we've drawn at Everton away in the FA Cup. Now, this is always one of those um, one of those moments since you know since I was a, a young lad, as it were. Um, always it was if ever we got somehow managed to get through the second round of the FA Cup it was always one of those where you're like oh yeah 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 forget big team in the third round big team in the third round big team in the third round and I think in fairness a big team in the third round has probably dare I say never happened um I don't want to you know I don't want to sit there and go oh Ipswich are you know they're a little team or sorry Sunderland Sunderland are a pretty big team was that in the FA Cup? It was the FA Cup nineteen ninety nine after we'd beaten Cheltenham one 0 at their place and Stevenage four one. Then we drew Sunderland. They were a championship team I though that at was the time. Coca Cola. Uh, 
No, that's definitely the FA Cup, 100%. Okay, sorry. Um, and in the early 90s, we drew Crystal Palace, who were a Premier League team at the time. And you would argue that a Premier League team away is a, is a big draw, but not what I would class as... You know, when I was growing up, and that was well before you were um, crapping in <laughs> nappies, Ben, um, there was a big five. And they always used to talk about your big five, which was Manchester United, Arsenal, Liverpool, Everton, mm. who have I forgot, and Spurs. That was your big five. Um, so to draw one of those was always the the thing. And we had Spurs in the Milk Cup, um, which was while I was still crapping in nappies, uh, probably. I don't know, 82? Are you still in nappies at four? No, maybe not. Um, I mean, I'm still in nappies at 32, mate. It's fine. <laughs> so, you know, that was a big draw. But we've not, for my money, in the FA Cup, not had one of the big five. And I think that's probably splitting hairs a little bit about big draw and big, you know... Because Sunderland is a big draw. For me, there's no doubt about that at all. 10,000 in Cincinnati Bank. But it's a little bit different. Everton, Clive Nates, you know, top 10 in the Premier League. Different era to when we drew the likes of Palace. Um, I'm going to let you comment on it and then we're going to draw a line under it for a week or two because there's a lot more important games before we have our day out. uh, Absolutely. I think it's, you know, it is one of those draws... I think it was a couple of um, a couple of games before ours. Um, Man United came out, and I was stood watching the telly, and I just kind of Man United came out, and as I imagine most uh, most City fans or most Lincoln City fans or, or any fans of any football club that are in the third round do, took a big intake of breath and was like, "Come on, come on, come on!" And then it, you know, obviously it wasn't us, and we just went, oh. and then. 30 seconds later, it was Everton. You go, oh, that'll do. That'll be a good draw. And then we came out. I just went, get in. That'll do. Perfect draw. Um, you know, for, for us. I missed it. <laughs> Did you? I missed the draw. Um, my missus was back. She'd been away all weekend. And I was telling her all about the draw. She watches it. She last When she was back in Cambridge, she, she messaged me on the second round draw and said, is Carlisle any good? It's like, bloody hell, you're watching the draw. <laughs> so we agreed to watch the draw. And then for some reason, we ended up watching a Matt Damon film. Completely forgot about it until my mate Pete messaged me and said, that's a good draw. I was like, shit, I missed it. <laughs> was the film any good? Well, it's got Matt Damon in it. So it was, you know, always going to be average. Um no, do you know what? Yeah, uh, Martian's all right. No, it's not that age. Anyway, we're not a film critic. Otherwise, we could go all day. But yeah, that was that was that. So yeah, it's a, it's a good draw. You, I, I, you know, I think it will do. It'll be a nice day out. Um, and you know, we're just waiting for the influx of people coming on. Going, can I get tickets for little Johnny, who's been an Everton fan since he was four or whatever? Yeah. End of the day, six thousand tickets, six thousand season ticket holders. If I was a season ticket holder and a my imps. Guy got a ticket over me, I'd be pissed off. That's my honest. Yeah, truth. I think. Yeah, and you know, I think there is a um, there is something to say about it when um, Liam Scully basically came out and said, "Look, we've we've had a conversation with Everton. We've we've spoken to them about their ticket, you know, their ticketing policies, our ticketing policies, and it's not necessarily going to change. Uh, we can't change it, you know, at this point in a season. That's why we have the the policy." Um, you know, I understand a hundred percent if people get tickets that, that, or people want tickets to the game. It's a conversation we'll doubtless have in a few weeks' time. But you know, I'll only have it if I don't get ticket. 
Oh, you'll get one. But I think it'll be, <laughs> do you know what? I genuinely think I, I think we will. I think we could take 9,000 there if we wanted to because Everton are a Premier League club. Um, I don't buy into this. Well, you should have your tickets done from the first and second round. And I don't get that. At the end of the, the, the people for me, and I am one, so I... You know, I'll, I'll stand by it, not just because I am one. If you invest 300 or 400 quid, or however much it is, in July in saying, I am giving this money to the club to watch all of their games, mm. you don't hedge your bets, you don't miss six league games and then go, oh, I'm going to go and pay on the gate for the first and second round of the FA Cup. The people that should get priority are the people that buy the season tickets. And I, I get the reason they've done the My Imps thing, mm. but I if we get 6,000 tickets and the clubs say we're going to release... 5,000 season ticket holders on fastest finger first. And then on the two days later, we're going to release 1,000 to the My Imps. For me, that isn't fair. For me, you put all of, them on, all of them on season ticket for two days, one per holder. And if they don't all sell out, you then give them to the My Imps. If they all sell out, I'm sorry, but, you know. And I, 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 think, I think that's what they're going to do because that's what they did before. You know, that's obviously what they did with Arsenal. But I think with Arsenal, that was a case of, well, we don't have a... Um, we don't have like a database that's that's sort of accurate and trustworthy in a way, and we didn't have my imps game either. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. You know, that at, at the end of the day, there's going to be a lot of people that will want to go to the game that won't be able to go to the game. But like you say, you've got it, it's a tricky one. Yeah. But there is a policy in place, and the policy is season ticket holders are first, then it's my imps members, then it's general sale. So they'll stick to that that's- and. If they give us six and a half thousand tickets, they will go to season ticket holders. I'm going to argue against that. That's not policy, because when we had an away game, I can't remember which one it was earlier in the season. Uh, it was one I wanted to go to, uh, but I can't remember which one now. Um, it was fifteen hundred allocation or whatever. It was a thousand on sale to season ticket holders, and then they released five hundred. But the season ticket holders came into the second round, but so did the Miams. So they actually split it down. They didn't just offer them all to season ticket holders first. Okay. So the policy is actually, but we'll see. At the end of the day, this is the positive podcast. The game's a long way away. We don't. We're basically doing the same thing that I would sneer at people for doing on social media. It's we'll be fine. We're hypocrites, (laughs) Ben. We'll be fine, um, regardless. Right. So, um, next game is. I mean, we'll talk about. Sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't miss yeah, out we'll Tuesday talk about night. Yeah, we'll trade. Um, yeah, well, we've got I mean, to. we're out. We're out of it. Um, I think it was... I think I think you summed it up perfectly. Um, the lineup and, let's be honest, the goal scorers kind of summed up... Well, one goal scorer in particular summed up where Danny's at with the competition. Um, Jamie McComb, a man who is 35 years old who is a coach, um, came on off the bench at half-time and scored. Um, ended up 2-2. We lost 4-2 on penalties. But, I mean, it's just a bizarre situation, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realise that was a question. <laughs> I thought it was going to be rhetorical for a minute. Um, well, I mean, it kind of is. Do you know what? That for me... The big bonus of the night wasn't McComb or Tom Shaw or going out or anything like that. It was um, it was Bayou Smith getting his first team debut and it was Ellis getting 90 minutes under his belt. And mm-hmm. that is what the Czech Trade Trophy should be about. 
if if the EFL really do want to promote youth in this country, then we should be allowed to field weakened teams. By weakened, I mean experimental because to say weakened is cruel because who's to say that Ellis Chapman isn't actually, you know, he is first team quality. Who's to say that Adebayo Smith is a weaker option, is an untested option, but it would be wrong to say that he's a weaker option. Mm. Um, Sorry, I think someone's that's where the benefit- their horn outside my, ha- outside my window because they're a fucking idiot. Carry on. Yeah, I heard that as well. I thought it was outside my window and then I realised I live nowhere and tra- most tractors <laughs> don't have horns. Yeah, and you know, it's always been about the younger players. I think Lee Frecklington made his debut in this competition or that or whatever he used to call the LDV Sherpa Vans Glass Shield or whatever. Um and that yeah, for me that's the positive. And we we drew two two with the League One side who, in order to beat us, had to bring on their two best players. Um you know, and I saw some posts afterwards that kind of said, Oh, it's disrespectful and you've got to go to win every game and all that sort of stuff and yeah, ludicrous. You're ludicrous. You don't. You know, if, if we'd gone there with a full team and John Akindi picks up an injury or um, Lee Frecklington does or Bruno Andrade does or somebody like that, and then we go to Stevenage and drop points, you know, people would be complaining that we dropped points at Stevenage. We did exactly what we should have done last night, and actually we came out of it smelling the roses. And what's baffling for me is that we got through the group stages without winning a game. Then we go out without losing our second round game. Um, it's, you know, I'm not a fan of the competition. We won it and I was a fan, of, but, you know, I've just said my hypocrites. You know, I was delighted to win it. There's good prize money there. I don't think it should be derided as much. I don't think it's a vehicle by which English football is going to collapse in on itself and, and, and implode. Um, you know, it's got its pluses and minuses. But it's, it's what you want from it. And we got what we wanted from it last year. And Jordan Adebayo-Smith got what he wanted from it last night. Um, and, you know, in order to, to take it away, to start saying that we've insulted the opposition or we've insulted the fans, that actually insults the players that did play. And I'm not talking about Tom Shaw and Jamie McCoom. I'm talking about the fringe players. I'm talking about the Scott Whartons and the Kellen Gordons and the Ellis's mm-hmm. and players like that, Matt Reed and Matt Green. Um, and that's why we've dedicated more time to it today than we did last time when we said we were through to the next round because in actual fact in terms of a PR exercise I think I think last night was was spot on you know if Matt Reed hadn't missed yeah. his penalty we would have we would have been going through patched up to, you know with, I, and I know I've seen the jokes that Alan Long was about to come on and all that sort of stuff I wish I had gone and taken my boots because you never know I might have got run out <laughs> yeah I mean it, it like you say I think that the way that it was um the way that the the um, the game was not advertised as such, but we knew what we were getting going into it. You know, Danny said on Saturday, oh, "We're gonna we're gonna utilize the squad. We're gonna do you know what we need to do on on Tuesday night." So I can't really fault them. You know, I think you've got it spot on there. Um, but let's let's move on from you know a competition that we're we're no longer in to a competition that we are still very much in the hunt for um the league we are well we're, we're traveling to stevenage aren't we on saturday um and i think i think it's going to be a good game i think it'll be a cracking game because recently they've been playing 4411 just as we have so really going to be is going to be man for man pound for pound mm-hmm. Uh, 
which is going to be fascinating. They've got some very good players throughout their side as well. You know, they're in and around the playoffs. Um, Dino, and I'm not going to attempt to announce his surname, but I think it's actually Marmria. Marmria. Um, yeah, but Dino's done a good job. They've got players there who we're very familiar with, and I'm not just talking about Paul Farman. I'm talking about Ben Nugent, who was here on trial in the summer, who, um, you know, the, the secret trialist who we weren't allowed to mention. We've got Alex Rebel, who I have on very good authority, was somebody who we targeted in the transfer window last January and wanted to sign. Um, I think his missus is a doctor or something like that, and he needed to stay. I think he left Northampton and went to Stevenage. So it's all in the same area. They've got Ben Kennedy, who've got the winner against MK Dons. We've got Danny yeah. Newton, who's a great striker at this level. You know, they're inconsistent, aren't they, as well? I don't know if you've looked at some of their recent results. Um, but for, for every kind of good win that they have, um, they, they back it up with, with a result that looks a little bit a little bit suspect. So, um, yeah. no, it'll be cracking. Are you going, are you going here or what's cracking? Uh, I, I won't be going, unfortunately. I've, um, I'm... I'm otherwise engaged um but i'll be i'll be listening to it on uh, on hope and glory uh i don't know if it's available on i follow or not actually on saturday if it is i'll, I'll have it on. no okay not. yeah I'll, I'll have that no definitely only international weekend oh yeah of course it is yeah so um yeah i'm i'm, I'm really looking forward to it i think it's uh you know the the, the squad is uh, well i'm hoping they should be full of confidence after saturday um and tuesday you know that the players that started on on tuesday night they'll they'll hopefully have a bit of a spring in their step um i think it's been good to see neil early come through two games um obviously got taken off on tuesday night uh, for for jamie mccoom but i think to have reading green basically you know complete 90 minutes on a tuesday night in a game that that was used for the right purposes. And I think, you know, Neil Eardley coming through a full match on Saturday and then 45 minutes on a Tuesday, seemingly without incident, I think is a really good sign. Um, and hopefully, you know, we, we start clicking into gear on, on Saturday and bringing forward the, the confidence that we had from you know, last Saturday's game. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm just, I, th- I think it's, you know, it's definitely a winnable game, but like you say, it's going to be a, in, in to use a a term from from my youth um with with a you know a wrestling commenta- a commentator it's going to be a real slobber knocker um really looking forward to seeing uh, to to you know checking out the highlights at least well, here's um, some interesting people say that you can make stats say anything you want okay so just Stephen have only won three of the last eleven games they've only won one of their last five mm-hmm. games and that was when they beat MK Dons in the last minute um. But in the league, they've won three of their last seven. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they've basically, because of their cup games, I mean, they've, they've lost in the Checker Trade Trophy. Yeah. Charlton, 8-0 at home. That's that's kind of their, they conceded 4-0. They lost 4-0 away at Bury in the league. Um, they lost mm-hmm. 3-2 at Swindon in the league recently. But then they've also pulled wins out 3-2 against Oldham, 1-2-0 at Cheltenham. Three two against MK Dons. Yeah. Okay. So Which Stevenage turns up is going to be fascinating. It really is. I mean, you, you you could almost make the same argument of which Lincoln's going to turn up. I know it's probably in terms of results, it's not necessarily a um, you know, it's not necessarily a, a, a as wildly dramatic as that or as varied as that. But um, yeah, I, I just I don't know. I'm excited now. I was, I was I was looking forward to it, but now I'm actually genuinely quite excited for it. So, well, we've lost one in thirteen. 
Well, yeah, like I say. And we're, we're, we're unbeaten in seven. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's it's just going to be a really, it's going to be a really interesting game. Um, I can't wait. I really can't wait. And it's uh, it's going to be an afternoon in front of the radio, um, listening to, to hopefully another three points. But... Who do you prefer, Michael Horton or Rob Makepeace commentating? Now that's a that's a horrible question because I know at least one of them listens. We'll say him then. <laughs> I love them both equally, but of course it's Rob. Um, so we will talk a little bit about Josh Vickers because um, obviously you know he came off the pitch essentially in tears on Saturday, which was was quite difficult to see. Um, but Josh. Uh, seemingly has picked up um, a bit more, well, another injury to his, his thigh. They're not entirely sure at the minute whether it's the same one or not. Um, I think Danny said, as we're recording this, I think he said today that he's going for a scan, the results of which should sort of give a bit more of an indication as to what the problem is. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, it, it, it sucks for the guy and I just hope it's not as serious as they think it is. But, I mean, does this... Does this pose a bit more of a longer-term question for Danny, do you think? Yes. Um, I do. Um, sorry, hold on. Again, I, I, that took me by surprise. I thought it might be rhetorical. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a reason Grant Smith came back. Look, we, we brought Juan Luque, or Joan, as it's spelled. Um, so we brought Joan Luque back uh, because we want to have a look at him before we make a decision mm-hmm. in January. But Grand Smith has no decision to make. So Grand Smith has been brought back for one reason and one reason only. And that is because there's a question mark over Josh Vickers. It's that simple. And Sam Slocum, for me, hasn't shown any indication at all that he's a a first-team keeper. Surprises me very much that he was first-team at Bristol Rovers because um, he just looks a little bit nervy when he's coming for balls. I think he's letting two or three very, very weak goals uh, might be match rustiness. Um, so the long-term question is, are we going to be happy with Sam as a backup keeper? Because Grant will go in. Sam only played last night, in my opinion, because it was the Czech Trade Trophy and he's not going to get another kick um, unless he's called on during a game because Grant will go, he'll be in goal this week and if Josh's situation isn't isn't sorted. If Josh Vickers didn't have this injury issue, we wouldn't have him now because he's a top keeper. Danny said he's the best keeper in this division. He's up there, you know. He's, he's certainly on a par with Christy Pym, I think, when he's on his when he's on form. Um, but he's got an injury and he's got a problem that just keeps coming and coming and coming. And if he was a player, he probably wouldn't be able. When I say a player, I mean an outfield player, obviously. Um, He probably wouldn't have have had anything like as many games. But the fact is, when you're a keeper, you can kind of mask it a little bit. Um, But, you know, we've got a good good backup. I mean, our backup is an older keeper. Um, Our backup was in England, sea keeper and the National League keeper of the year. So... And let's face it, goalkeeping. I've just been listening to that Peter Crouch, pod, Peter Crouch podcast where they talk about keepers this week. They say, you know, they're they're a different breed altogether. Yeah. And if you're a decent keeper at one level, you're a decent keeper at another level. Um, you know, because it's, it's shot stopping. So we've got an issue with Josh, but I think we'll keep riding it out because it gives Grant games. He's obviously been away. He's match fit. He's been playing for Maidstone. He's been, you know, they were gutted that he had to come back to us. So, you know, to look at the silver lining, 
we're not leaning on some low knee. We're bringing our own keeper in. He's going to get more games in the Lincoln City benefit to us. Um, it's just a shame that our better keeper is is going to be sat out for a while. But yeah, uh, this is going to sound callous and awful. And and please, I don't want it taken the wrong way. But I would rather that it was Josh with the injury, given the cover that we've got for Grant, than it be Bozzi or Bruno Andrade or somebody who is hard to replace outfield. Yeah, I I think that's probably the fairest way of looking at the situation, um, and that's no that, that that's in no way saying oh you know it's it's a good thing because it's not. I think everyone's you know on the same page with that one. Um, yeah, it it's a disappointment. Um, I'd love to have seen, um, you know, I'd love to have seen Josh stay fit for the whole season. I just I really hope it's not anywhere near as serious as everyone first first thought because he's. Um, you know, to to sort of quote to quote Danny and, and other people around the club. You know, he's he's not just a good player; he's a, he's a good person as well. He's a good per. You know, he's a top bloke. I think there's been quite a few instances where, um, you know, half time or well before the game, you know, during the warm up, he'll, he'll go and sign autographs for people, and and then it, he's. I know there's been a few instances where he's promised. Uh, you know, promises gloves to kids at the end of the game. So he's he's always he always makes that effort with the fans, and I think he's. Uh, it'd be a shame if you know if it kept him out for a while, but hopefully it's not that bad. Um, all the best to him, and, and fingers crossed we see him back on the pitch soon. Um, I think that's pretty much all we're going to talk about this week. Um, I know you've got a, you've got a slight twist on um, on Shag Mary Kill. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, I don't like discussing anything that involves me sleeping with men, um, each to their own. But it's it makes me feel a little uncomfortable. I'm not a homophobe. I just uh, you know, it's, it's not my bag, baby. So, um, so a regular listener, Mr. Peter Summers, who incidentally is a Manchester United season ticket holder and a very good friend of mine. Um, I dare not say best friend because he pulled me up the other day when I called Jason from Liverpool my best friend. Um, but Pete listens, so he probably is. But anyway, so he's come up with, and and, and his is quite a protracted way, so we're going to have to try and bring it down ourselves. But he said, instead of snog, marry, avoid, or shag, marry, kill, or whatever, um, three footballers. One has to play every minute of every game for the rest of the season. The other never plays again. And the final one you have to go to Ibiza with okay. for a week. So I think we'll call it um, play fuck off Ibiza. <laughs> Okay, but uh, play go away Ibiza because you know we 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 don't want an eighteen rating. Play drop. Holiday. So it's play go away. I play drop holiday. Well, no, it's because it's not just dropping. You're getting rid. It's trans free transfer to Boston. So play Boston at Ibiza. I was going to say play um, Bosman. <laughs> Bosman, yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So um, three players for uh, play uh, Boston Ibiza. And please feel free to suggest them for us for next week. Uh, but for now, we're going to have uh, Peter Gain. We're going to have Simon Yeo. And we're going to have Jamie McComb. Ooh. Now, is is this current Jamie McComb or is this Jamie McComb? Pomp. In, Jamie McComb in his pomp. In his, in his prime. Okay. Oh, that's a tricky one. Um, well, I think you've, you've got to play Peter Gain. Because um, he he has a magical left foot, um, and I'd 
I'd quite like to see how Yeo, Yeo does under the, you know, when I try and drink him under the table, because he's only a short lad. And I think I could out-drink him quite substantially. Smash you. He would smash you in a drinking contest. Oh, I don't know. I need to I need to say something to somebody actually before we disappear. But I'll yeah, I'd okay. Yeah, all right. I'll I'll go on a I'll go on a drinking holiday with Simon Year and see how sour see how we get on. Um, and sadly, I think um, Jamie McCoon would would be shipping off to Boston. Wow, that's a big shout. Um, yeah, obviously Peter Game plays every minute of every City game in 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 the world if I have a choice. So um, definitely him. And unfortunately, uh, there's no possible way I could ever send Simon Yeo to Boston. I'd quite like to take Simon Yeo to Ibiza. Um, he would drink me under the table because I'm a lightweight. <laughs> but I reckon it'd be a good chuckle. Uh, and I don't want to see Jamie McCoon go to Boston, but there's always one loser in this game. And um, unfortunately, yeah. in this instance, it's. It's big Jamie. So get your uh, choices over to us uh, yeah. on at Stano or at Stacey West blog. Indeed. And we'll pick the best. I mean, you say there's no loser in this one. At least this, at least in this game, no one has to sleep with you. So it's all good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No one, no one sleeps with Steve Evans in this game. And for me, they're the best games. <laughs> um, you see that Evans, actually, last night, uh, Evans has paid... For the bus travel for everybody, every one of the Peterborough fans that went to their game last night. Did he do it all with a big brown envelope? Well, very possibly, yeah. It sounds like a way of getting funds away from his own bank account, doesn't it? No, I'll pay for your bus, don't worry. It's a tax write-off. It does, it sounds like it, doesn't it? You, it's <laughs> got to be something for him somewhere. His accountant's nudging him, so. Um, and then, obviously, Darren McCanton's on there going, nice nice gesture from the gaffer. Because they also, they give out... Um, tokens before Dara McAntony or and, and Barry Fry I think give tokens to all the Peterborough fans before the game so that they could get a, uh, a free drink and um, chocolate bar at the tuck shop type oh, thing okay. notice it didn't say notice it didn't say free drink and pie we know why that is don't we yeah but um oh man I it, it that just sounds totally like a tax write-off to me so Anyway, um, before we do go, I just want to say um, hello to, I think it was another Gary, um, who I I went out on Friday night for the first time in a very long time, um, and it was with some work lot, and we, we basically went on a bit of a pub crawl, and we started straight after work, so we started at five o'clock, and by half past two in the morning, I was in the charcoal grill um, uh, in, in Lincoln, and I was chatting to a couple of people I was out with, and I forgive me if I've got any of these details wrong, but I'm pretty sure the conversation went, are you Ben? Yes. I thought I recognised that voice. I listened to the podcast. And I, I don't know how you've managed to remember my voice when I've had about all of the drinks, because um, I was a little bit, you know, I think three sheets to the wind is probably an understatement. Um but yeah, uh, big thank you to Gary for for the the um, you know we had a, a good old chat about stuff. I think he's actually I think he said he was a steward um, at the Stacey West End. Um, again, my memory of the conversation is is a little bit hazy. Uh, but yeah, it was always uh, always nice to sort of bump into people, and it was just weird. Like I've I've had a lot of drinks, and all of a sudden, someone recognises my voice from a podcast that I do about Lincoln City. But uh, yeah. Probably got pictures of you on his wall. Like that um like that Alan Partridge scene, you know, with uh, <laughs> when he goes back to the guy's house. Probably got like a, a Ben throne. I mean I, like I would that. be somewhat flattered if not slightly creeped out. But 
Yes. I, I actually, I actually know who you're talking about. It is, uh, it is Gary, Gary Bird, Birdo, Birdo. I'm terrible with names, as we know. Um, and you've actually told him that he can come on the podcast as well, drunkenly. You didn't realise you'd done that, did you? Uh, don't think I remember that. No. Came and found me at the end of the game and said, uh, "Ben said I'm coming on the podcast." <laughs> well, yes, I'd, I'd had a few, but yes, we're, we're more than welcome to have guests. Well, there is a queue because Graham Burrell is desperate to come on, I think, or would very much like to. And he, um, Bubs is somebody I really, really do want to get on the podcast. Jack Mulhall's obviously going to come on and, and balance things out a little as well. So, um, yeah, we're, we're going to have to start putting some of this into action. Yes, I think. absolutely. So we'll we'll get on that soon. Um, but, yeah, thank you again for, for all the feedback we're getting in the minute. It's, uh, it's very much appreciated. Um, whether it's good or bad, you know, we, we, we learn from it. If it's bad, we, you know, we take it, to, we, we take it in the right way if it's good. So, um, we don't learn from all of the bad stuff. Some of it, we just ignore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, some, some of it's, of it. some of it's interesting. Let's anyway. Yeah. Um, anything you want to plug this week? Um, no, not really. I don't, I'm not selling anything. Christmas is coming up. The magazine is, uh, the fanzine's coming along nicely. It should be out in time for the Morecambe game. Um, no, wow, yeah, I'm not pushing anything at the moment. I need to get my finger out. Fair enough. Um, cool. Right, in that case then, I think uh, it's probably a good spot to leave this week and uh, we will see you next Thursday. Cheers, guys. See you later. It's 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.